Welcome to Integrate Yourself, everybody. I'm your host, Allison Polo, and you can find me at pureenergypdx.com. Today, my guest is Mike Salimi, and this was an incredible show. It was so much fun, and Mike shared some incredible wisdom today. It was The interview itself was a three-part interview. We got into three different really big topics um, during the show. The first part of the show, we discussed relationships. Mike shared uh, the relationship, um, how the relationship with his father uh, relates to how he relates to himself to this day. And I, and also shared that a lot of men do have that kind of, there's a perception there that something's missing when, um, and, and the specific thing that, uh, Mike brought up around that was being a latchkey kid and not really having any, his parents there when he got home, um, kind of feeling like he was on his own, like most kids of that era were, I was included in that both my parents worked. And so, it's a little bit of a mystery. What are your parents doing all day? They're not sharing much of their life with you. And so you feel like that connection to your parents is missing. And we hit on that aspect and talked about how that relates to how we perceive the world as we get older. And so uh, in that episode, I also shared some of my personal experience with uh, my husband going to one of Mike's retreats and, and his experience with that and my experience with that. And it was really incredible. So I hope you enjoy that aspect of the interview. Uh, the second part of the interview, we get into voice work and sound, and he explains how he has gotten into that himself and how that relates to fitness and how he's been able to integrate the voice work in his fitness uh, business and, and really more so for himself. And we talk about that too. It's getting into things uh, that may not make rational sense, but we would like to do it because we feel called to, to doing those things because we want to, uh, explore our creative aspects. And a lot of times you don't go towards those things because they don't make sense. They either don't make sense for our business because we're already doing something. And we think, well, this has nothing to do with that. So why, why would I get in? Why would I waste my time on that? Even though it would be really fun. So that's the, uh, one of the topics we talk about is actually moving toward those things instead of away from them because there's magic in that. There's a lot of magic in that. And specifically, we we focused on uh, the voice work and the sound healing through voice, which he shared um, some incredible uh, experiences he's had with that and learning about that. So excited for you guys to hear about that as well. And, um, you know, I've also really experienced some, some really deep transformations and healing, uh, myself through, through the voice work. And I, I'm going to continue on with that journey as well. And I'm beginning to understand how it relates to health and it's really the missing piece. It's so funny. I've, um, I've been in health and wellness and fitness for probably close to 20 years now if not, maybe, maybe 20 years. (laughs) And, uh, I just never 
for some reason, I just never really put these things together. Like that was the, this has been the missing piece for me for so long. It was, it was, it's really funny because when I was a kid, I used to love to sing. I used to love to dance. Um, I became a gymnast. I became a, a high performance athlete. And so I had to put those off to the side. I had to put those on the back burner while I did that sport. And so later in life, I picked them back up again and in my mind, everything was separate. You know, this this is where, when I do my singing, this is when I do my fitness and so forth. And it's all kind of separated out. But re- the reality of it is, and what I'm learning is that all of this actually goes really well together. There's a rhythm to life. There's a rhythm to your body. Your body responds really well to uh, expressing yourself with your voice. It, it responds very favor- favorably, in fact. And as well, it responds well to sound. And so um, I remember doing this vocal odyssey class, uh, Nessie Gomes. She's a wonderful person to follow on Instagram. And uh, she holds these quarterly classes. They're online classes, but they're incredible. And the first time I took this class, I was with a group of women. And one of the women shared that she was... um, she had used uh, sound to actually open up for giving birth. Uh, her so her own voice and these these certain uh, ancestral um, these older sounds that were used and her mid her midwives guided her through this process. And I thought to myself, my God, that makes so much sense. How come I've never learned that? I would have loved to hear that. When I was when I was in labor, or would have used that, you know. So it's like these sounds are t- for us to use as a tool um, for our bodies to respond to, to either open up to, or to harmonize with. And that's what I've learned. I wanted to share that with everybody because this has been my greatest, um, my my bi- one of my biggest insights this year uh, with voice, and it's been a lot of fun, um, and. Finally, the last aspect of of our show today with with Mike um, was about offerings versus performance, and so he he gets into. I loved how he described the difference between the two, and um, really being able to discern between giving an offering versus performing something. And uh, I I won't say much more about that, but it was really one of my favorite parts of the interview because um, I've been taught to perform for so long and I just didn't know that there was any other way to do it. And I've recently in in the past couple of years have learned how to uh, give offerings. And it's, it's just that it's a way to connect with yourself on a deeper level and have other people experience it too. So it's a really beautiful thing to think about and, and consider in your own life if you you know, would like to be more in your life uh, as a performer or as, a, as an offer or both, you know, kind of see where you, where you need each of those things in your life. And, um, and so, yeah, so again, just an incredible show. I, I loved every minute of it. <clears throat> Definitely follow... Mike Salimi on Instagram. He's got great a great feed. He does some amazing um, kettlebell exercises that he shares on his feed. I believe he's having another men's retreat. If you're interested, uh, I believe it's coming up this May. I'll 
put the details on the show notes too. Um, I have to say my husband had an incredible, incredible experience with it. So I highly recommend it. All right. Oh, and an announcement. My book is coming out February 15th. So very, very soon, very soon. And I will continue to keep you updated on that. My next show that is coming out uh, podcast wise is going to be about the book. I'm going to bring my, I brought my writing coach on and we're going to, we're going to, or we already did, we already discussed, you know, the process, the creative process that we went through with the book. And that's going to be really fun to share too. I'm so excited to get that out there and, and to share that with you all as well. As always, I would love it, love it, love it if you would leave a review for the show on Apple Podcast. It's a great way for me to know uh, how you guys, if you guys are loving the show, you know, just getting feedback from everybody. I love, I love seeing those. They just really melt my heart. So if, uh, if you feel called or inspired to do that, please do. I would love to see it. And uh, as far as announcements go, that's pretty much it. I'm going to be doing a lot of other guest appearances on other podcasts because of the book coming out, my book, Finally Thriving. So I'll also keep you all updated on those podcasts too. Join my newsletter. I haven't been great about putting it out very frequently just because I want to put out, I, I, I wait to put out. Um, things on my newsletter when I feel like it's important to do. I definitely could be more consistent with it. So I apologize. I've got a lot of, a lot of things going on at once this next couple months, all good things, but uh, just working on getting it all organized and, and, and such. So a lot of great things coming down the pipeline. I'm also working on an audiobook for my book. So I'll let you know when that comes out to you. And that's been a really amazing experience as well. And I want to just send a lot of gratitude out to all of you who are listening and who keep coming back to the show. I appreciate you so much. And um, please know that you mean so much to me. So thank you. All right. Without further ado, um, it is my honor and my pleasure to introduce you to Mike Salimi, everybody. Enjoy. Today, I'm here with a very special guest, Mike Salimi. Mike specializes in human performance and is a sought-after international presenter in the field of health and fitness. He has a diverse background in strength and conditioning and has completed over the course of 15 plus years an elite level in powerlifting and kettlebell sport. Through his own path of resolving sports-related injuries, Mike understands the importance of integrating the body, mind, and spirit as a means of fostering high performance for the long term. His motivation is to help people discover their own potential from the inside out. And I love that so much, Mike. Thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom. I'm so excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today, because um, uh, as we were talking before the show, you are um, you are getting into this this men, or you have been doing the men's work and helping other men 
um, really go deeper into aspects of themselves to heal those parts so that they can start healing from the inside out, um, not just physically, but emotionally and uh, spiritually, right? And um, I had the, the, um, the pleasure of uh, gifting my husband a, a gift to your Mount Shasta retreat, and he he came back just loving it so much and he just, he enjoyed every minute of it and, and got so much from it. So I am so grateful that he got to, got to experience that with you. So thank you. Oh, uh, well, super welcome, fully received that. And uh, yeah, for many reasons, one of which is I got to spend some really good time and quality time with Liam and my <laughs> super excited to be here. So yeah, thank you for giving him that gift. I think you know, it, it's been interesting is after that retreat, um, one of the most like, I don't know, rewarding thing was actually getting reached out by the partners of the participants, a few of them, and just saying how grateful they were and just how much changes that they're seeing within their partner and the impact it's having on their partnership and their relationship. And that was something that was a very unexpected, pleasant surprise. And so I'm super grateful for you for just trusting me and, 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 and encouraging Liam to do that and gifting him that like really what better gift uh, to give someone is that that opportunity to work on themselves because there's only so much stuff and honestly so much appropriate stuff that you can work on within a partnership. Like I really feel like yeah. men need other men. And so I think when you, when when any guy has that type of experience and that safe space created around men, there's something so powerful and profound that happens. So the gratitude is, is right back at you as well for that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, give me one second, Mike. Let me just tell Liam to be quiet for a second. <laughs> He's talking really loud. I just want to make sure it's not. He's passionate. It He's passionate. I know. It, okay. One second. <laughs> <laughs> got a new a little, studio. I heard so you like, can you be a little quiet? Just a little bit. Just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Okay. So men's work and, and how, so I wanted to really talk about today, how important it is uh, for men, like you said, to be able to um, be around other men and be able to express themselves and um, maybe get deeper into how that really helps with the relationship. Because I felt like for me, um, you and I discussed a little bit also before the show how uh, my experience was that I um, I get frustrated a little bit because, um, because of things, sometimes men tend to just hold a lot in and not express through, um, you know, express how they feel all the time or, or even maybe um, want to talk about it. And so sometimes that gets frustrating from a female perspective of not knowing. And of course, from our perspective too, we have to step into more of our intuition and our trust. Um, and at the same time, I, I find that, you know, men also need just more more space and quiet time for them to process as well. So, um, and I tend to like, like to talk it out, you know, but, um, but I think, um, one thing I, one thing that was really helpful was just to take the space. So him to take space 
you know, because I think this is something that has uh, been going on for for many generations and men and men kind of go with men and when women go with women and we we heal what needs to be healed or connect the way we need to connect and then we come back together. But we've lost that tradition somewhat in modern culture, right? And so how have you found, what have you found um, in your work with men and, and how that's really healing men and what that's doing for, um, what are you seeing that's happening within their relationships? Because I feel like it's helped me so much um, just be able to trust more that he is able to take care of himself that way and he's learning how to do that. Yeah, I, I think those challenges are almost, at least from my experience in talking to females, talking to my partner, talking to a lot of the guys at the recent retreat or in other men's work, that's almost universal. The, the And the fact that like I really do believe that men, one, need other men, as we've already just touched on, but like men need solitude. Yes. Men, and, and, and we all, I think it's maybe a, a misconception or a misunderstanding that the partner, whether it's male or female or whatever it is, that that partner needs to be everything to you. That partner can't be everything to you. You're your own individual. You process how you process. And just speaking to the differences of men and female, like I need solitude. And like actually the inspiration for the men's retreat and the courage to do it. Yes, I've had friends that have like encouraged me to 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 step into that and give it a shot. And like they know how much it lights me up. But the real like, the real honest conversation with myself and that I wanted to show up differently or wanted to add this all came up in three days in solitude. Literally, I think the week before I made the decision that I was going to do it, I went for three days basically in the woods and, you know, my partner, Lauren, I let her know, like, this is something that I need to do for me. Uh, I love teaching functional fitness and kettlebells and Bulgarian bags, etc., but there's felt like there's been something missing in that, like support. And even though my programs are very focused on lifestyle and balancing the body and energizing, it's not just about technical movement or workouts. Still, like I've really felt like a missing nourishment there. And that's been like partnership and relationship is really important to me. It's like one of my highest priorities and my purpose and my calling and how I serve is right up there. And if I feel disconnected from that, or I don't feel confident in that, or I've got doubts around that, there's a tremendous amount of internal stress that it causes inside. And so that solitude time, one for me to process in a way that feels natural and authentic and needed for me. And it means actually, I don't think it means anything negative about the relationship. I actually think like what you shared about needing to give him space. And I need that space. And I think that men need that space. So, so much beauty came from and so much growth came from those three days in solitude. And like what I'm really seeing is the way that men are able to hold space and show up for other men. It's just it's just not possible or at least in my experience, it's just not possible to get that from a female like like I get so much from my partner but I can't expect her to be a man. Yeah. Like there's just conversations that I have with my boys and, and the guys I hang out with. My brother, for example, it's just, 
it's just different. And I think that it's not something that there's anything wrong with a relationship. I actually think it's a sign of a very healthy relationship when both partners can allow that space. And also too, like in that space, in that time with men or in that time with sol in solitude, you know, I've talked about this with, with my partner, Lauren, recently, like there's a polarization that happens. Mm -hmm. And right now, one of the challenges, like I work from home, Lauren works from home, we spend a lot of time together and that's beautiful. But when we spend all day working together with each other, that polarization can kind of like reduce. And I think we need that. And what I find is, is like, and, and the stories from the partners have all come back with like, wow, like there's more passion in my relationship. He's more certain about what he wants. There's like, he can hold space and listen to me better. And I think that all comes from that separation. And I think that was like you were saying, that's been a part of traditions for so long, but we've really lost that in a time like COVID, it's even oh, harder yeah. to do that. So those are all just some of the things that I've noticed. And I think it's actually a sign of a really healthy relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I yeah, it, it is. And it's, you, you nailed it when you said polarization, because it's the polarization that actually uh, provides the sexual attraction and, you know, the, the relationship aspect is more about sameness. Polarization is more about opposite. So when you can separate yourself for some time and uh, then come back together, it's almost like, especially if you've been together for a long time, it's like you're dating again, like that same feeling, right? And um, you can lose that over time, especially when you're like best friends with your partner and you're, you know, you do everything with them and, you know, you're very much liking the same things all the time. And then some of that um, sexual uh, polarity gets lost, right? So then we have to kind of reignite that by um, having that, that time of separation and getting back to ourselves too, which is helpful. I just took some time to myself. I, I took a trip down the West Coast for a couple weeks and, and then came back and it was just so nice, first of all, to have the time to myself. And secondly, just to feel like, you know, um, you know, they're like, kind of like, oh, hi again, you know, they like <laughs> <laughs> reintroduction to the relationship. And so, um, this is, you know, Liam and I've been together for 24 years. We've been married for 24 years and been uh -huh. together longer than that. And so we have two kids, one 20 year old, two sons, one 20 and 18. And so we're coming up to a, just a different phase in our lives and uh, kind of a repurposing of the relationship. Because when you've had kids together, there's that, that common purpose that you're, that you're striving for together, you know, to take care of the kids and, and create uh, you know, a home and, and do all of these things. And then finally, when they're out at the door, and then you become an empty nester, then your relationship actually changes is what I'm learning. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's an interesting uh, journey. And um, I've been, I've been it. Uh, so what men go through at this time in their lives too, is what's been described to me as the tunnel. And um, it's really, do you know much about that, Mike at all? Okay. No, 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 sure, please. Yeah, so I, I'm trying to remember that I think it's like the development of men or so, it's a book. I think that's the name of the book and I can't recall the author, but I can I can put it in the show notes if anybody's interested that's listening to, to read that book. It's pretty, pretty good. I mean, it's like very basic, but it was from the 90s and 
Um, she talked about men's phases in life and um, it, it starts out with them being like um, kind of the, the first phase. Again, it's very basic, but the first phase is like you need to, in your early 20s, be able to explore. Like men need to be able to explore before they commit to a relationship and, um, you know, travel, do all the things they need to do, take risks. Um, and then they have a building phase of building their life. And so that's like really like they're just, you know, in the thick of it and really uh, working really hard to build. And then um, they get to a part, a point where they're in the king phase and they're giving their gifts. They're, you know, and they're, they, it's a very, um, it's a time of inner knowing. And, um, and so, but they have to go through the tunnel between the phase of the building phase and then the king phase. They have to go through a tunnel um, of like a deep, uh, like dark, dark night of the soul kind of thing where they're going through, you know, finding themselves like, who are they, you know, midlife crisis is sometimes what it's called as well. Um, and so, and then once they get through the tunnel, then they get into the King phase, which they're in a more of a giving mode, you know? Um, so I just thought that was interesting. And I've noticed that, you know, a lot of times when men are in a midlife crisis, it's, it's sometimes just a spiritual awakening, right? Totally. And I'm curious when you were sharing that, do you happen to recall around what age that happens in that transition? Obviously it's going to be different for each person, but do you recall that at all? Or did they touch on that? Um, I believe it's probably, um, I would say like, you know, 50 mid fifties and on like that phase That's what might I guess. be, it yeah. just depends on, yeah, maybe where the person's at and how, how far the man has like developed himself. Some men, you know, change careers and then it kind of starts that building phase starts all over for them in a way. But, um, it's just, it's really interesting to look at it that way, especially from a woman's perspective, because like, um, I just didn't you know sometimes women get frustrated. I could speak for myself that, you know, oh, you're not where, you know, we're not in the same place or you're not understanding where I'm coming from. And it's just that we're developed we develop differently um, just because he, you know, for men, like the, also the building phase is a provider stage, you know, provider time where they're building a life to provide. And th these are natural instincts that men have to, you know, um, but again, like this is just a generalization, you know, but, but if you can see that first and then, and then, um, you know, build on that, it's, it's, it's interesting from my perspective to be able to, uh, then say, oh, okay, this is, this is an, this is the phase. Now, again, it doesn't define that person or exactly who they are, but it's just giving you an idea of what phase in life they're in. Right. That makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. That that makes total sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, uh, I just thought I, th and, and so I kind of identified it as him being in the tunnel and then sent him your way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Like I've been, and I'm learning so much about, and I'm fascinated right now about just men's development. How did we get where we're at? What are some of the challenges? It's so cool to like, before anyone, for example, signs up for the retreat, just to make sure they're the right fit, I'll hop on a call with them, figure out where they're at, what they're struggling with. And obviously, like we each got different issues and challenges, but there is so much similarity. 
and like underlying themes that I've really identified or at least through the conversations I've had. So whether it's like the lone wolf mentality, like the thought that we have to do it all on our own was like a really, really, really common one. And like one thing that I found fascinating is like, so as I've been just reading more and having these conversations, there's been a, a really cool book called Iron John. Have you heard about that? By oh, yeah, that I did. I actually gave that book to my husband, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like it's it's a really cool uh it's by Robert Bly, for those who aren't familiar. And it's, it's just a really interesting book. And one thing that really stuck out to me, especially is, so one of the things that they share in the book, and I've, I've seen this in my own life and challenges, even just with my own dad or how I was raised was, you know, if we think back to hunter gatherers, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it was, I don't even know, 20,000 years ago, etc. Fathers were with their sons all day, yeah. every day. They were basically, whether it was taken out hunting or learning specific skills and crafts and, ex and ex all these things, there was a deep level of trust just by the amount of time that they spent. They knew exactly not only what their dad were doing each day, but where they were at, all that stuff. And then even in transitioning into the agricultural revolution, that was still, it was less than let's say hunter gatherers, but there was still that side by side, that mentorship, that fathering, that observance of what their father was doing all day, the learning, the teaching, the passing down of traditions. And so that still continued. But then there was a massive shift during the uh, industrial revolution. And so during the industrial revolution, most of the time fathers were actually pulled from their homes and sent into cities to work. And so what was happening then and continue that same theme to this day, basically what was happening is his fathers were not spending remotely as much time with their kids as before their sons. So maybe for eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 hours a day, they were missing. And so what happened is was in the psychology of, of sons specifically, there was, um, there was an inherent lack of trust. Basically, like my dad is great, love him to death. And he provided for us like, holy shit, came from nothing, Sicilian immigrant. Like I can get it now looking back. But at that time growing up, how I experienced it was my dad was gone all day. I didn't know what he was doing or what he what was going on. Yeah. He, he would come home exhausted and really didn't have much energy to play the father role. Other than all I knew is he was providing for us. And so that is like a lot of times how we've gotten, you know, just there's that inherent mistrust. We don't know. We've missed a lot of that passing down of rituals, of rites of passage, of getting wisdom yeah. from our elders. And so I see that in a lot of even just challenges that I've had um, and as well as some of the other guys too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I call it the latchkey generation, right? I mean, I was a part of that too. And uh, it, it was, I had a similar experience, but I can't, but that makes so much sense that, there would be something that feels like it's missing within the relationship, right? Because you don't have that connection on a daily basis. Like we were, you know, we were used to having, um, our ancestors had. And so that makes complete and total sense. Um, yeah, I, re I remember feeling similar things. Like I didn't know much about what my parents did during the day and that, you know, they would, I would kind of be handed off to, you know, someone to watch me and, it, uh, or I'd come home by myself and have to figure it out. You know, it was like, did feel a lot like that as well. And, and, um, I feel like that it was very much, um, 
of that generation um, because every both parents were going to work and and so yeah that's um I can imagine that would make uh, that would create a lot of confusion for for people <laughs> especially oh. men yeah like how am I supposed to show up what am I, I like you you know inherently that you're like that didn't feel good so I don't actually want to show up like that but how do I show up right how how do I show up for my son and and, and all that. So, or Where's my the model? daughter. Yeah. Where's the model? Like there's no, there's very little to no modeling of what like, I, and it, not only is there like little to no modeling, but there's just so much pressure on men that men put on themselves. We got to be, we got to be the provider. We got to have all the answers. We got to quote unquote, be able to fix this. We have to have like literally I got to be ready to go and have unbelievable sex every time a day. And like, it's just a lot. It's a lot. a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm curious if you don't mind, uh, if we can use maybe Liam as just a little bit of an example, what would you yeah. say is some of like, I don't know, maybe like the biggest things that you've observed and felt as a partner since coming back from an experience like that? Well, um, he has definitely created a practice of meditation every morning that he's been doing it every morning. Um, oh. so he's, you know, it, it, he really is value. I think he's prioritizing time for himself more, which is a big deal, I think for anybody. Um, and I just see, I notice more of a calm demeanor and just, <laughs> you know, just, just that groundedness, you know, that like, uh, when we begin to realize that it's like there's nothing really to do, you know, or it's you just be, you know, you're just here to be. And so I'm finding that there's just that his energy is definitely more calm and more more grounded and, and holding space and uh, patience for, you know, it for processing, you know, which has been really amazing to see. Um, and just also really um like just i i've been doing some of this more too like you know just paying more attention to the moment and being in the now and just appreciating it and having fun and being more grateful instead of trying to go to the next thing you know and so it's just like i think it's that you know that inner calm that um allows you to just uh just be in the now a little bit more, you know, I've noticed that that he's, he's definitely, uh, has more of that going on. And I think it's also because of the, the practice and he just, um, I think it just provided so much healing for him on, on so many levels. Um, and it gave him a, a also more of a, got, he got him more curious about his spirituality and like getting into that and, 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 doing more. I think he's going, he's going to Austin, uh, in a, in a week, I, I think for, to see Yuri at, uh, <laughs> for another breath work, uh, workshop. So he's really, he's really loving it and enjoying it. So that's really great to see. I'm really happy for him, you know? Um, and again, it's not, I didn't send him, I didn't gift it to him f to f fix anything, you know, like, I don't like get fixed and come back, you know, this new, you know, no expectations there. It was just like more like, Hey, you know, um, I want you to, I want you to like, love yourself. You know, I want you to learn how to like, really not that, he, you know, there's no judgment there. Like we all are learning how to love ourselves. 
Um, but it's just a, a gift. A gift is just something that you don't really have expectations about. You know, you don't have, you don't need any results from. You're just giving it unconditionally. And so that's what I felt like I was doing for him with that. That's such, that's so amazing. There was so many things that came up as you were sharing. <laughs> and, you know, one of the, I've shared this with a very few amount of people, but one of the maybe kind of intentions in the back of my head or something maybe I wanted to prove to myself or just curious is with this retreat specifically, like in the retreats that I've assisted, this is like my first retreat that, I, that I've kind of coordinated and led. I've assisted in other men's retreats. Typically there was some aspect of um, plant medicines involved. And, and I don't think there's any comparison to plant medicine work. And I think that can absolutely have a place, especially if someone is stuck in a pattern, if it's guided well. And, and what I love so much about just what I've already learned about you and just the name of this podcast is the name of the game is integration. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I was really curious about is could, obviously again, there's no direct comparison to it, but could that level of vulnerability and growth and that stuff happen without some of the medicine and right. for me it was like and breath work you had shared that was a big part of the the retreat for me and and that comes from what i observed and what i've now heard already from some of the other guys uh without bringing up plant medicines as a whole is it's an overwhelming yes and what i'm seeing is these guys are able to like sometimes with medicine work, like you can get blown out, like yeah. totally blown out, especially if you take too much medicine and there's not space and the integration isn't guided or you haven't created time for that. But what I'm really seeing is like we were together all day, every day with activity after activity, some space in there for sure for some decompressing and downtime. But what I'm really seeing is these guys are like hitting the ground running when they're going home, as opposed to being so blown out that they're yeah. like, they're integrating right away. And so I'm seeing, and and the other thing that I'm seeing too, with, with any transformative experience is it's going to shake some shit up. Like it's, I look at it like the, the picture in my head is like, you have a, a tree. I don't even know, let's say an olive tree <laughs> and you take the, the trunk of that tree and you're like shaking that tree so that the dead leaves fall off. And so like, I'm getting calls now, I don't know, well over a month after, I don't know if we're two months out, but some guys are having some really big challenges mm -hmm. and they feel, you know, some of them have incorporated more ritual in their life and things are moving well, but some guys are actually thinking about leaving their profession that they've been a part of for 10 years. Or they're like, you know, I'm really struggling. Like there's so much stuff. And I'm like, well, like, it's not all gonna be good. Uh, or it's not all going to feel good, but the fact that you're questioning so much and you're like, like, that's all a part of a deeply transformative process. And it lets you know that you're really getting curious into why you're doing what you're doing, what you want, how you want to show up for yourself for partnership. So it's a beautiful thing. And like, whether it's breath work or just we did some eye gazing, which it was funny when I hopped on a call with one of the guys <laughs> and I wasn't planning on on. I didn't, at least in the agenda in the beginning, I wasn't planning on on doing eye gazing. It was right. something that me and the facilitators felt would be good on the day or so before when we met. And one guy was like, you know, I'm super excited about this. I'm super down, but just tell me right now, is there going to be like eye gazing involved? <laughs> and I was like, look, bro, like 
at this point, it's a no, but I can't tell you that it's not going to be there. But all of those things. And, and that night, it was so cool that some of the guys approached and like, dude, we already got our money's worth. And it was just like dropping people into that level of presence and of holding space, like you said, and that vulnerability. Um, so it was really cool because going back to like a kind of hidden uh, curiosity I has like, can this level of work be done without? And it was just like, oh, hell yeah, it can. And I'm seeing yeah. people running with some of the changes uh, much quicker than I thought uh, than than I could have imagined. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, Mike. I think that you can get to those levels without uh, plant medicine, um, although the plant medicine is is wonderful to have as well. But like, it's also really be wonderful to know that you can do it with your own faculty, you know, and within your own self without, without the extra push. Um, I've done this in emotional coaching intensives and with journeys of wisdom before, um, you know, with hypnosis and those kinds of things too, of course, breath work, you know, like you did also the, um, the dance, right. The, uh, what's it called again? The, <laughs> where you go in trance, trance dance. Is that what it's called? Or yeah. You know what, what, what you're speaking. So uh, for, for the listeners. So one of the things, you know, what I shared about Iron John, basically the retreat, there was two things that I wanted to incorporate. It wasn't going to be the, the, the crux of everything, but was to have some type of rite of passage mm-hmm. and some wisdom from elders included. And so we had a sweat lodge, which was super, super rad. And then at the end, I found this guy in the UK <laughs> Um, his name, he's been a shaman for 30 years. His name is Yaakov Darling Khan. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I <laughs> what found a name. Because, well, uh, what was so funny and it's just like everything for a reason. Like I don't doubt and I don't doubt really much anymore. Um, if it's in my life, I've either it's, it's, it's there to teach me something. I've called it in whatever it is. Right. And I was in those days of solitude and I was like, what the fuck do you want? Like, what do you want? Mike? that was a question that I, I would ask myself. I'd sit in meditation, I would journal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, there's two things I've always wanted to do. Men's work was a part of it, but I was like, I've always wanted to learn shamanic drumming and Mongolian throat singing. Oh my and I was God. like, <laughs> and I was like, well, the the story in my head has always been, well, how is that going to help me as a kettlebell lifter or a kettlebell coach? And I was like, it's always been a no. And I've never allowed myself that permission in that space to go through that. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I want to learn this stuff for me, for mm-hmm. me first and foremost. And so I started looking up online shamanic drumming courses and I signed up for three in that day. That's great. <laughs> I canceled two of them because I was like, these are just not resonating. <laughs> but then one of them, I was like, man, I haven't been this excited since I was probably 18 competing in powerlifting or when I first found Paul Check's work. Mm-hmm. And so I started there and then I started studying this guy, reading his books. We did a session together. And so I messaged him and I was like, I would love it if you came in and shared something on integration because, and your wisdom, you know, uh, he's just a real dude. And so at the end, I didn't know what it was going to be. And I told the guys the night before, I was like, there's a surprise for you guys tomorrow. <laughs> They're already super full. They would have been happy if they went home. And so they're like, do we bring our journals? Should we bring workout clothes? I was like, just bring it all. Like this guy is, is quite, a, <laughs> quite, it's going to be an experience. I don't know what it is. So 
we projected him on a large screen and he took us all through it was a full-blown ceremony like wow that's amazing tears that i shared and I don't even know what the dance is called at all, to be honest, but it was <laughs> like an embody. I don't want to say ecstatic dance because I don't have much experience with that. So yeah, yeah, me either. Yeah, yeah, but it was like integrating what we've experienced over the course of three days through the body, through mm -hmm. movement, yeah. broken up with holding space for guys. So it was it was beautiful. So, yeah, that makes sense because the body is actually the last thing to be able to integrate any kind of changes you do energetically, spiritually, right? The body's kind of the densest part for integration. So the dance would actually, that would make so much sense for it to bring it in that way. I love that. And well, it's probably know, like, very old. I'm sure it's an old way of doing it, right? I, I think, and, and you know, I don't know if it's just because what resonates with me or because of my community being like the retreat was called men of movement. Like most of my people, like my path in personal development all started with movement and in the gym and being injured and, and, and rehabbing yeah. and figuring out there's way more to the puzzle than just in the gym. But like when the guys first arrived, we went through a partner group workout. Cause I feel like men of movement, we start with movement. We start in the body Yes. And from there, then we can expand outward. Like if any, if, if anything that the guys got was just being more solid within their body, then I'm confident healing's taking place. Yes, I agree hundred percent. I have a similar journey. I've, I start, started out as an athlete and then, um, as a gymnast for many years and, uh, and then got into fitness and, uh, I've been doing that most of my life. And, and so now like, like you, I'm like, what do I really want to do? You know, what do I really want to get into now, like giving myself permission to like, follow through with things that didn't really make sense before or didn't so much go together. And for me, it's voice, like sound healing through voice and using, you know, sound. I bought an alchemy bowl when I was in Mount Shasta traveling down there just recently. And so just, and playing around with different instruments like the ukulele and, and, and starting to just, just sing more. I've, I've been singing most of my life, but it's now I'm really just really enjoying it and just, instead of having like a goal with my voice, I'm just enjoying my voice, you know, and just seeing the range of it and the potential there, you know, and exploring that. So wherever it's going to take me is, but it all is related, right? Because now I'm learning like how that relates to the alignment with your body and, and, you know, how, like as a fitness, fitness professional, like very tight necks, right. And tight through the throat and how we can release that to become better speakers, you know? And so, um, and diaphragm as well. And, and so how all those work together, both physically and, and energetically. So um, it's just, there's something really healing about the voice, you know, and being able to communicate and, and fully like um, just express yourself that way, you know? So that's, that's what I've been, that's been my journey most recently. So, that's so yeah. cool. Cause like what you shared earlier too, about just men having maybe just challenges around communication and bottling things up. And I think that pathway from whether like the root to the throat, the heart to the throat, there's a lot of blockages and I'm speaking for yeah. myself self specifically. And that's also why like having regular sharing circles throughout the weekend, like we're practicing and opening that and like, yeah. just 
just from the Mongolian throat singing, like Lauren has no, she's like, I've been more expressive and more clear in my expressive. And so, and I love that the voice, like anything that we can do from sharing to music to vibration, it all opens up that and supports that. Absolutely. I've had a similar experience. It's not really, um, it's not rational in some ways how it works. Right. And, but, (laughs) (laughs) but like connecting your heart to your throat is, is very healing and it does open up so much magic in your life from my experience. So I a hundred percent agree with that. Like I, that's been a similar path I've been on. So, um, yeah, like I love the Mongolian throat. Like that is awesome. Awesome. It's so guttural, right? Is it guttural? Yeah. And it's just like, it gets down to the roots. And, and so I've been also playing around with the, the vocal toning, like toning each chakra. And it's just been incredible because really all we need to do, we don't even have to say any words, just make sounds. Sounds are very, like you can say so much just with a sound. It doesn't have to even make sense. Right. You know, I, I think, I think you're spot on with that. And and Lee speaking for me, and, and I know I've shared, other guys have shared this too. Like uh, when I try to sing a song for at least me, as soon as the words come out, the judgment is like way quicker. But if I'm literally just trying to make a growling sound with the throat, yeah. singing, there's much less judgment. It's more just like opening and expressing. Exactly. Because what I've learned too, uh, to just piggyback on what you just said, like, it's not actually everybody has their own voice signature. So Mm -hmm. you might think it sounds terrible. And this has happened to me many times. Like, um, it surprised me because someone's like, Oh no, it sounds great. You know? So it's like, really? Okay. (laughs) My, 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 you know, singing the, the person that, uh, my vocal teacher, she's just like, Oh, that sounded amazing. I'm like, really? Like, Huh. So what you're hearing sometimes isn't always like it's like that judgment like that comes in like you're like, oh, but if you can start to let go of that more and just sing and let it come out however it wants to come out, because it's going to come out differently each time, um, then that's like that's very it's it's great for doing more with that and, and letting even more out, because if you think about it, we hold so much in. Uh, we suppress so much with our voice too. That's why we get blocks here between the throat and the heart because we're trying to hold back, right? Because we don't want to be judged. We don't want to, you know, look stupid or silly or, you know, um, or say something that someone might judge us about or, or, you know, oh God, you're, because, you know, of course it all goes back to creativity and how, what we learned about creativity when we were younger and, and the judgment we got from teachers and, and adults, you know, and, and other people. So, um, from my experience anyway, so if we can un, un, you know, take those layers off of judgment and just be, you know, that's why I think sound is really good because you're just making a sound. You're not trying to make it sound a certain way. It's just sounding the way it is. And that's, kind of how you're you know, exposing you, you know, in some ways with that. Right. Totally. Totally. It's been so it's, uh, I had no idea like the, what it was going to do for me. It was just something I wanted to do. And like to now actually feel like I'm sitting up better and I'm yeah. like, like you said, it's like that lower chakra sound, especially in one of the styles of the throat singing, it's like a didgeridoo. Like if, if, if maybe someone didn't see me doing it and they heard it, it's that deep 
primal sound and it really feels good. Like even yeah. on the throat, on the, like the vibration just feels super good inside. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's like a <laughs> massage for your chakras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And it just aligns your energy, you know? And it, again, like you said, like it, it manifests into a physical place too, because your body like lines up physically when you change the energy from that perspective as well. And yeah, there's just so many things. So, um, gosh, yeah, this is, I love it. I love that you're getting into that. Have you gotten into, so have you gotten into the drumming at all too? Or are you doing that as well? And, and yeah. or any other instruments as well? Yeah. Just the, drumming? Yeah, I'm, do, I'm learning how to now integrate the throat singing with the drumming. So just to, cause I don't, oh, I have yeah. no musical background whatsoever. So yeah. the coordination of that has been really hard, but one of the things that I super appreciate about like Yakov's, for example, like his online course, at least it's only three videos. One is an introduction. He teaches two beats, the what's wow. called the, the mother beat or the heartbeat, which is the like the boom, 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 boom. And oh, then the cool. father beat, which is like the journey beat or the, it's like the trance beat. So it's on four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, oh, one, yeah. two, three. So just learning those, connecting with the drum, being in nature and these, these, um, repetitive patterns that's that's one reason why they can drop our uh, that i'm learning that they can drop me into a very deep meditation or a very deep space is because it's that repetition that monotonous tone yes so i don't know very many um maybe beats is the right word but what i am practicing just it's all by feeling and even like my um my throat singing coach uh just a shout out to him he's amazing his name is jerry walsh and he has like he's done some um formal courses mm -hmm. in music and that sort of stuff the dude can play like any instrument he's amazing and he's learned all of his stuff singing in ceremony and so the cool thing is is like i was really nervous so i did some throat singing uh on the first night when i was i led a meditation around intention setting and some drumming with it that's awesome and I was so, I've been practicing for like, at that point, like four months doing a session once a week with him. And the days before I called him, I'm like, Jerry, I'm not going to do it. I'm too goddamn nervous. Like, there's no fucking way I'm doing this, dude. And he told me, and he's like, you know, Mike, he goes, you don't have to, but I would really encourage you to do so. Like, you're actually pretty good. And if you mess up, just don't stop drumming at least. Just keep drumming. And he's like, switch the mindset of as opposed to it being a performance, mm -hmm. which is like when I compete, yes, I'm doing it for me, but I'm performing. When I lead a talk, I'm performing in some way, shape or form. Right. And he's like, look at it like an offering. Yeah. And yeah. that switch took all the pressure off and it allowed me, and he was, he's always shared me. He's like, with this stuff, it's not about having a script to it. It's tuning into what you're feeling, expressing that, and also feeling into the, the group's energy and then going up, going down, changing. And it's so much more of a fluidic thing. So I really had to have had to like break my thought process on performing to an offering and just tuning into it doesn't need to be, uh, I can miss beats. He's like, no one will know. Trust me. He's like, <laughs> it's true. You, it's yeah. like no one knows throat singing they probably have never heard it before <laughs> so like if you think you mess up just like don't stop drumming and and do it so i was so grateful because um 
it really felt like an offering and I grew and I healed and it was something that I really wanted to share with the guys. So that was really helpful for me. Oh, that's so great. I, I love that you did that. that. See, and I'm seeing this, at least from, I guess, from my perspective, I'm seeing this convergence of fitness and, and, um, sound healing, you know, like connecting it to the body, um, in many different ways. And I, uh, at least in our circle anyway, I don't know about the other, uh, all the other places, but, um, yeah, just because I feel like that's what's been missing a lot of times in fitness is the rhythm, right? The rhythm of life. Um, and you know, people being able to express themselves, like we're pushing through things, we're performing, we're, you know, and that's great. But it's like there has to be a time where you can make mistakes and you can um, you know, offer your gift to people the way it is, you know, and and you know, maybe it's entertainment as well. I mean, I don't know, but <laughs> that's how we see it. But yeah, that's been a, it's been an unfolding for me also is like, oh God, I, I, I was so afraid to make a mistake in the beginning and like, oh, I'm, I failed if I did that, you know, but this has been the best really doing, or, you know, so-called making mistake mistakes are sometimes like just really part of the creative process. And we call them mistakes, but they're not really a bad thing. It's just a part of the process. Sometimes you get great things from mistakes, you know, a lot of innovation, um, a lot of great ideas. So yeah, maybe somebody liked your voice when you felt like you messed up and you just keep using it that way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, what's funny. And I don't know if you've had this experience, like, like we all have specific talents, ability, skills, we've all put in reps in certain areas. And one thing that Lauren has shared with me in different ways is, is she's like, um, I'm not going to quote her exactly, but she's like, everything that a lot of things that I share, like I'm really good at kettlebell, like I've spent my whole life pretty you yes. know, 18, 20 years doing that. And it's been really cool. Like there's rare opportunities today where I really get to be a beginner again and go through that awkward process of like, of just feeling like I've constantly got an awkward haircut, Uh, (laughs) like, or I'm in that weird weird growth phase where I'm just like, man, I can see where I want to go and I'm making progress. I've got a little more hair than before, whatever it is, but man, I know I'm awkward right now. And, uh, that's uncomfortable, but it's, yeah. it's, uh, for someone who's like, I I'm in the teacher role a lot. It's been really good for me to, um, and I think that in and of itself has been helpful, but Lauren shared that a lot. She's like, it's really good to see you, you know, uncomfortable and frustrated and human. And I'm like, dude, I'm human. Like, or I got <laughs> shit, you know? And of course I do. And she knows that, but that's been one example. That's really like, uh, yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to be, um, like a kind of more of a, get that, um, expose yourself to that childlike curiosity within yourself again. Right. Cause the curiosity is what makes life so much fun and interesting, <clears throat> excuse me. And like, uh, you know, just, it just brings life to everything. You know, if you kind of know it all and you're just doing what you're good at all the time, it gets kind of boring, uh, <laughs> So yeah, well, gosh, thank you so much, Mike. That, that hour went by very quickly. And uh, 
I really loved everything you shared today. And if you would please uh, leave my listeners with um, uh, anything about you that you want to, that you want to leave on that you're offering, or that I know you have another retreat coming up in 2022, right? Yep. Yeah. First off, thank you so much for having me. This is, I can't even believe like literally the hour went by so fast and like, I know. <laughs> the fact that I got to know Liam so closely over those days and like now I get to chat with you and like it's, it really brings me a lot of joy and is just a reminder and like an encouragement to, to, to keep going down this path and keep exploring and, and keep seeing, you know, what, you know, continue creating the container um, for this for guys. So this has been super fun. And like you shared in 2022, one thing I'm, I'm very big on is like taking action. Like once that clarity is there is taking action. So already at the end of the retreat, when the guys said like, you got to do this again, I booked the farm again. And uh, so May 12th through the 15th will be the next retreat. Um, if anyone would like to follow me on Instagram, it's just my name, but Mike.Salemi. And uh, if anyone's got any questions on, I've got kettlebell programs and stuff like that that are still very much movement-based, but absolutely are all about balancing like energy output with cultivating energy. So they're all very holistic. That's kind of like what really excites me. Yes. We didn't talk as much about the kettlebells, but you are an amazing teacher for that. I follow your stuff as well. And, um, and then sometimes Lauren's on there with you too, yeah. doing it. <laughs> so it's really wonderful. I highly recommend uh, everybody follow you on Instagram and uh, as well as just, uh, uh, you know, go to your next retreat because it's, um, my husband said it was amazing. So, and he came back a different, just like a, a new person, like not in a bad way. It's just like, he just came back like more of him, you know, just, you know, he was able to be him. So that was a beautiful thing. And, and what a wonderful gift. So thanks again, Mike, really appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah.